0: Today's episode of the Rough Dress podcast is brought to you by the newly updated sportsbook at unicorn.com. Unicorn has been a sponsor since the beginning and this is honestly the best looking and most convenient the site has ever really been. Their new TV Guide style layout has made finding and betting a breeze. And with a newly designed and intuitive bet slip, all the information and even access to multi bets are at your fingertips. I've already gotten started with my LPL and LCK outrights And even though it's only been a day into the regular season, KT has already let me down, but Unicorn won't. So check out Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Hello, Internet! My name is Walter C.E.D. Svedchuk, and welcome back to Day 3 of our 2017 League of Legends World Championship Team-by-Team Previews. Now, before we start the episode, I'm in a little bit of a weird spot here. I'm, I'm sporting my American flag. I am very much my Western, uh, Western North American pride. TSM is going to win it all. However... A team is here at Worlds that I would be remiss if I did not let my co-host and good friend Chase Redshirt King-Wassener talk about them. So Chase, have you recovered from your brutal beatdown at the hands of TSM in the North American Summer Finals?
1: Absolutely. I'm over it completely. Look, TSM was the better team in that that series. I I thought that they were more than likely the better team coming in. Yep. I think that Biofrost thoroughly outplayed us in the entire series. I think that his recon was just wonderful to yes. watch, and I think that any, you know, as much as that Game 4 should have gone our way, we should have been able to force that Game 5, I think TSM like we wins that Game 5. So I, I think that for where Immortals is, you know, this is something where we've never had a team since Season 3, Good Game University, a team that I also really loved. We haven't had a team come close to a championship. I I think that we're starting to get there with Immortals. I think their nerves ultimately kind of threw them off, but it was a valuable experience, and I hope that that experience helps them here on the World Championship stage, because if they can learn from what went wrong and and how their nerves got to them and how to ensure that those kinds of mental mistakes, those unforced errors don't happen again, they might be able to surprise the people here, because there's a lot of talent on display especially in the early game, which is where I think they're going to be trying to make their mark. So I, I am over it, I'm over the loss, but I am also excited at the potential growth from that loss.
0: Well, yeah, let's let's start about it. We talk about this kind of talent. We're all seeing the posts on Reddit, how some of their substitute players are really kind of spiking the Korean ladder when they went over for that boot camp. We're talking about the sub-Anda, their, support, uh, their uh, substitute jungler in particular. But let's stay with the five men that are actually on the rift. Right. Chase, when you look at Immortals, what kind of comes together? What is sort of their play style? How do they go out there? How do they
1: beat people? Uh, well, it comes with an, a
0: great early
1: game that allows them to snowball some skirmishes that allow them to close out from there. That's, this is what they love to do. They love having Ole, this guy who at one point we were talking about in the spring, just you know positioning errors and not able to, to really do enough to make those landing phases work. Now he is the playmaker, right? He's the guy that's roaming around the map, constantly landing hooks, constantly diving in someone that they can always trust in the kind of chase down situation uh, and is, is very ingenious in where he tries to come in from these angles. Sometimes too much for his own good, but certainly he'll be the one always trying to make the play, and there's value in that. There's value in a guy who's in, as intelligent as Smithy is, because Smithy is a guy who has a deep understanding of the game that comes from being a veteran for as long as he has been, uh, especially through that jungle position, and I think that He's done a very good job of making sure that people are in the right place at the right time. You know, He, he tends to pick uh, junglers that tend to, to get going around level 6, something like a Gragas or a, a Sojuani. And I, I think that he's very good at those champions at this point in his career. So I, I think all of that comes together, and, and that allows Flame and po Belter to be these kinds of... X factors. You know, if this is a flame game, he gets something where he could be a lane bully and they, you know, skirmish up, they get those ganks going early, he starts to snowball. We use that global pressure in order to force fights when we want to. Uh, or we could have Cobelter get out of lane at around the 10 minute mark. He's been good on things like that to Leah, being able to roam around and really dictate fights in that regard, putting that pressure in from there. And of course, Cody Sun is a good laner. I I think, in fact, he's a very good laner by this point in his career. And you see time and time again, uh, he's been able to make big plays and step up when it matters most, uh, and do so without taking very many deaths, which is a huge change from what we saw from him in the spring split. So I think there's a lot of good stuff to like. I I think that their, their style is clear and they have the tools to execute it, at least within North America, at least until we get to the late game.
0: Yeah, so, so here is here's the, you know, with the good comes the bad. So Chase, you talked about kind of how they beat people. Yeah. They did lose that series against TSM in the finals. There's my little, another little dig back at you. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, why did they lose that series? Why do they sometimes lose some of these games when it does seem like they have such a good and strong concept and grasp over the early years? Well, I
1: think this comes down to the same reason why I am one of the few analysts that don't put all A on my all pro list. And it's because with great risk comes great reward, but also comes great risk. Like <laughs> the other side of that is that things could go horribly wrong and people forget that. You know, We want to praise teams for being proactive, but we never want to take a step back and say, but how did that proactivity actually help them? And mm-hmm. I think that so many times they have this idea of like, well, we need to go get this objective. This is, we've decided we want the inner tower right here. So that's where we're going to go. And they don't think about, well, if we do that now, maybe it's a little bit riskier than if we take like an extra minute, set up the waves elsewhere so that we have a little bit more pressure. Their lane efficiency uh, was really good in the regular season, kind of slipped up a little bit in the playoffs. I I think the other thing we got to look at is jungle control in that regard. They are not a team that gets a lot of invade pressure. They only had a 49.2% jungle control rate during the regular season this mm. year. Uh, they're not someone that does a very good job of laying that deep vision so that those late game pushes are more reliable. They, they, they'll miss those steps. And those are steps I think that with TSM they missed not because they're incapable of them, because I don't think their warding, just looking at the numbers, was particularly bad in the regular season. I think it was nerves. But they are so willing to make those plays and commit to those plays that they don't always think of the best way to enact those plays especially in that mid to late game period where it's a little bit more unclear and you need to you know if you don't get a baron what's your way of dealing with that and you know if you try to force it then you do what happened when biofrost is able to get all these great recon counter engages in game four and just repeatedly tear them in charm them in give the the carries enough time on their opposing team to really take advantage. So I I think that Immortals are going to have to be more patient than they expressed in the playoffs. They're going to have to be a little bit more consistent in terms of how they prepare for these moves. Because while it is good to be proactive, proactivity needs to be done with purpose. Mm. And it needs to be done with an understanding of the risk and reward. And right now, I think they're taking more risks than they need to for rewards that they could equally get 30 seconds to a minute down the line, in a lot of cases, if they just took a little bit of extra time to, to set that up and make sure that that was the best play for them to take. And they'll get there, you know, that's a team like, as a team, they will improve, they will get there. I don't know if they're there right now. I think this is a team that might be there this time next year, when we're talking about from 2018 at the World Championship, and now Cody, Son, and Ollie have a year together and they've grown, and, like, like I totally see where this storyline goes in my version of this, where Immortals are the protagonist in an anime series and everything's going to come together and be wonderful, but I think right now those flaws are real, and they should be taken into account when we talk about how they're going to keep up with some of the teams that will be in this group.
0: Well, if you say if they are the protagonists in an anime series, and you're projecting a year from now, but uh, but Chase, this is 2017, That's there are true. games that have to be played at this world championship this year. So for Immortals to be successful this year, mm-hmm. in this world championship, and not in some imaginary world where they make the world championship next year that you've sort of painted in your head, yeah. what player is the player to watch. Who is going to be their MVP if they are going to, you know, accomplish things in the short term here? Uh, It's going to be X Smithy. I mean, I think it has to be. I think that he is the guy who is the leader
1: of this team, the clear shot caller of this team, the guy that they're willing to follow into battle. And I think that if they're going to succeed, it has to be because he leads them in such a way. He gets their confidence going. He makes sure that they keep up and and be proactive against teams like Longju that might you know, really throw them off, and, and they, you know, there's a instinctive reaction. If you go aggressive in the game and you get crushed, well, now we have to get a little bit more defensive. I think Xmithy can push them past those concerns. I think that Xmithy can get both solo lanes going quite nicely. I think that he does a very good job of getting some of those early tower dives going. He can get the rest of that offense there, and Immortals are a team that plays so much better when they're given a lead, and that's something they were able to do pretty reliably in the regular season, right? They had a 58.1 early game rating, and that was the second highest in North America. That it does work. We know this is this is possible. And they beat TSM in those early games basically every map. It's just that they needed to convert after that. And that's gonna come yeah. down to, does the Shot Caller know where this team needs to be? Can they follow him in? Can they ensure that they get the neutral objectives like Baron and Elder Dragon and those things? That's where it's going to come down to, and, and the guy to watch for that it is, and will continue to be X-Smithy, because he is the guy that will be making the decisions, he will be the guy that is enacting those decisions, and that's the guy that I'm trusting if I want this
0: team to get out of the group. That is entirely fair. Chase, give me a prediction as an Immortals fan. Yeah. And also give me a prediction as an actual League of Legends analyst where your biases don't actually matter.
1: Sure. Uh, as an Immortals fan, they get out of this group. Okay. As an analyst, they got out of this group as long as they don't get Team WE. That's, that's, it's as simple as that to me. Okay. I, I think that uh, they can't get Cloud9. I think they're better than Fnatic or Hong Kong Attitude. I don't okay. think they're as good as Team WE. It would be great if they got Fenerbahce or Team 1, but I, I think that you know that's up in the air whether that works out for them or not. Okay. They could be put in Group D. I, I think Team WE is a team that is more cohesive than them in terms of how they fight. I think that they can force... 5-on-5 five five fights, whereas Immortals is really much better at 3-on-3 three three and 4-on-4, four four. Okay. so I, I think that that would be something that would hurt them eventually, but I think that they have the potential to put any other team that could enter that be in the final spot on the back foot, and I think they are way better than the Gigabyte Marines. I, we just wrapped up, we're, g- we're going to get into this later today, I have huge concerns about the Gigabyte Marines that I don't have with Immortals, so... I think that they are going to be the second or third best
0: team in this group, and that depends on if Team WE gets in. That's where I stand. Entirely fair. He's an analyst first, a fan second, and both of those mindsets uh, kind of match up here. I agree. If they get world elite, they're probably screwed. Yeah. But if they don't get world elite, you know, then then congratulations. The North American team is going to make it to the quarterfinals for the first time since 2014, uh, which is pretty big. You really That's needed to do reverse big. jinxes there, huh? It's pretty big. No, no, no. I'm not— Damn American flag around my neck. You don't think I want a team to make it to the quarterfinals? I, I want a team to win this entire thing. Damn
1: it. I do not believe that if Immortals made it to the quarterfinals and TSM didn't, you would be very happy. It's my my professional, personal opinion.
0: I think that would be... Again, one of us is wearing an American flag around his neck. The other won't even wear his jersey when he's talking about the team. That is the kind of fan that Chase Redshirt King Wassener is, and that is why he is not a champion. But you can still watch us if you enjoyed the episode. If you agree with Chase on his prediction for the Immortals as well as his other predictions so far, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Keep it right here. Listen on SoundCloud, iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Rough Drafts Pod. You can follow myself at CADs underscore LOL, and you can follow Chase where? You can find me at
1: RedshirtKing. I love keeping the conversation going, guys. Make sure commenting in the video here, I I read every single one. Obviously, join our Discord. All those lovely things. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and definitely come back. We've got five more days of this as we preview every team in this World Championship, so you're not going to want to miss it.
0: All 16 teams. And we have one more team to do today to close out Group B. So go ahead and hit next on in the old playlist. And until then, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com backslash Rough Pod. SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts youtube.com backslash rough dress podcast as well as on itunes by searching for the rough dress podcast the rough dress podcast is supported by our lovely patreons at patreon.com backslash rough dress pod and by viewers like you thanks for listening and goodbye internet